Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. So, um, Game of Thrones is over. And uh, if you listen to Friday's podcast, I, I talked a little bit about Avengers Endgame as it has to do with Game of Thrones in the finale. So let me reiterate for those of you who didn't. I'm a huge comic book fan. If you know me from the radio show or on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes or on Instagram at Lawrence W. Holmes, you know that that is a big part of who I am personality-wise. I'm a geek. I'm a comic book geek. I've never really been a fantasy guy. So outside of reading the Tolkien books when I was little, the idea of fantasy had never really, like, it didn't get to me. Like, I wasn't really a Dungeons and Dragons guy, like that sort of thing. Like, it, it, it never got to me. And so my wife started watching Game of Thrones. Like, she loved it, and we thought it would be a fun little thing for us to do on Sunday nights. And, we, and so I caught up. And in catching up, I became a fan of Game of Thrones. I really enjoyed season seven. And I was looking forward to what was going to happen at the end. The reason that I compare it to Avengers Endgame is throughout the 10 years that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was putting this whole thing together, for the most part, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, everything seemed to fit. And it doesn't feel that way with Game of Thrones. There were some beautiful things in last night's episode, Sunday night's episode. I really loved when Daenerys is is walking out to talk with her army, the dragon wings. I thought that was dope. Like That was just really beautiful art. And there was some cool stuff in it. But overall, I, I really do think that they that the people that were in charge of Game of Thrones really rushed it. I I can't let go of how rushed the whole thing seems to feel. And then you have another incident where a water bottle, the water bottle makes its its way to the council, sitting there under Tarly. It, It just doesn't make sense how they didn't seem, they didn't seem to care that much. It felt like, Look, we know that we need to wrap this thing up. Yes, we've gone ahead of the books. So we have to get some sort of wrap to this thing, and then we'll all move on with our lives, and we'll move on and go do Star Wars. And I I, I think that they did their franchise a disservice by doing it. That being said, I the the ride is valuable, and people always talk about, well, enjoy the fact that, that you had a great ride. I get that, and and I did, especially as someone who binge watched it. So I don't, I don't feel like I wasted eight years of my life or seven, ten years of my life doing this. I I feel like, oh well, it, I got into it a year and a half ago, and I got what I needed out of it, and then this year was just kind of a bust. I thought the best episode of the se- uh, season was the second one in right the the one right before Winterfell battle. And yeah, there was a lot of exposition in that one. It was really just people talking. But that's one of the things that I've always thought made the show great is that there were these really extensive explanations of what was going on in the universe that, that they had designed. 
And I didn't think that we got that even with the finale. I'll give you a perfect example. And me and Tony Gill and, and Chris Tannehill were talking about this a few minutes ago before I came in to, to, to record the podcast. How did John get captured? Like, what happened? Considering that there, there isn't a witness to this, uh, his murder of Daenerys, how does he get captured? There's no body. There's just a dragon who's gone. Like, they, they skipped steps. They, they jumped ahead on us, and it just didn't make sense. I will say I enjoyed the council talking because I thought it was allegorical to the political process that the world is going through and particularly the United States is going through where the concept of democracy came up and was summarily dismissed. I I thought that was dripping with irony and very, very funny and clever by the writers and their staff. But to go back to, to, to John, Jon Snow, beautiful idiot. I think we all know that. I thought that that was the one thing that they got right in the episode where Jon is conflicted. He's conflicted about what he should do. And Tyrion is explaining it to him. And he's working through that conflict of, I have made a vow. I am a man of honor. I am going to serve my queen with... She is the greatest danger to the seven realms. I also thought that Amelia Clark, her, her transformation into this version of Daenerys, while very jarring and swift and probably too fast, was convincing. In, in her performance with John there in front of the Iron Throne, you saw the crazy. I thought that she did a great job of of expressing the the crazy and the power hungriness and and being a dictator. I thought she she handled that thing perfectly. Then and this was something that I got to give credit to Chris Tannehill on this one. I got to give him credit. So we've seen over the last two episodes Great Grey Worm just out here for blood. Just cutting and slicing, not caring Grey Worm is is a war criminal. He's a straight-up war criminal. The two things that he's cared about have been destroyed. Masandi having her head cut off, and then his queen being assassinated by Jon Snow. You mean to tell me that after all this stuff happens, that the guy that is all about war and retribution and revenge, that he's like, no, 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 let's calm it all down. Let's calm it all down and, and let's have a discussion. Let's have a real discussion about this. The, the person who broke him out of bonds and has now made him the de facto uh, defense secretary, she gets murdered and your first reaction is to throw John into a cell? Come on, fam. That's, come on. Really? Really? It's it's stuff like that that just makes you go, man, they really rushed. And if, if you didn't skip the step of having to get this thing all wrapped up in a nice tidy bow, then, then there could be, like, what happens here? 
Does does John go confess? Does someone find all the blood and go, well, wait, is that Daenerys's blood? Also, what happened to the Iron Throne? And can we talk about the Iron Throne for a second? And Drogon and, and, and <sighs> I'm not here to tell you that dragons aren't smart. I don't know. Even in, in the universe that they have created, I don't know if dragons are smart. But you mean to tell me that this dragon is so smart that he understood what happened, didn't take it out on John. Not that he could have, and that would have been kind of a cool moment if they would have actually like done the fire thing and he would have proved that he could live in the fire. And then been the father of dragons. But then has the wherewithal to be like, you know what caused all of this? That Iron Throne. It's a terrible symbol for the Seven Realms. And you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm, I'm going to melt that thing down. That, that thing has caused too much disruption. I, Drogon, the dragon... Have spoken. And now I'm going to take my dead mom wherever I'm taking her. I'm not sure, but I'm going to pick her up and take her someplace nice. The whole thing was bizarre. Then you have them doing, I guess it was a Seinfeld homage. Or some sort of Sorkin homage where they're sitting there around the the table and Tyrion's having his cabinet meeting. And I don't even want to, I I guess I got to, I'm going to talk about Bran. This will be the last time because obviously this is the, the end of the series. When Tyrion is out there in chains, mind you, let's listen to this criminal. He's out there in chains explaining how this is all going to go down. And he says, you know, it's all about stories and compelling stories. And I do feel like that was a finger point at the audience. And he said, who's got a more compelling story? Didn't we all raise our hands and say everyone's sitting up there except for, you know, a couple people? Everyone's got a more compelling story than Bran. All of them. And I was sitting there going, well, Arya, obviously. The person who saved you from doom. It was just so like, really? That at the end of this, it's Bran who becomes. And I, I understand that you have all of Ned Stark's kids are you know doing their own thing. And that's fine. And I guess that's the, that's the way that they wanted this thing to kind of end up. But even within that. You have Grey Worm and the Unsullied just like, yeah, we're, yes, you're in charge. That's awesome that you're in charge, but we're also just going to leave. We're going to go to Noth and just hang out on the beach because that's where my woman wanted to go, but she doesn't have a head anymore, so I'm not going to be able to do that. So I'm just going to go to Noth. We're going to take the army and we're out. How does that work? How, how is that allowed? If you're that guy. She put you in charge of war. You're one of the greatest warriors in the realm. And you're like, nah, I'm, I'm going to go hang out on the beach. 
I'm going to listen to some Bob Marley and just kick it. So, look, there's more. I don't I don't want to dissect the entire episode. You've probably done it in your mind since last night trying to figure out exactly what what it is that that was accomplished with this season. But but I I will go back to the Avengers thing and after the that 10 years of that universe with some clunkers. Look, I'm not here to tell you that you need to see Thor Dark Realm or Iron Man 3. I'm not here to tell you that. Or or Ant-Man, quite honestly. But that's just my opinion. But I will tell you that at the end of the run, no one walked out of Avengers Endgame and was like, that wasn't satisfying. Everyone walked out, and it made you feel something. And what it made you feel was complete as a fan of the franchise. A major majority of people walked out of Endgame and was like, man, well done, Marvel. And that, and that is with it not being your favorite movie. Like, I don't have Endgame as my favorite. I have it behind Infinity War and Winter Soldier and Iron Man 1 and Ragnarok. I have it behind those movies. But as a piece to complete the franchise... It was very well done and satisfying. And you walked out and you felt something. What you feel with with the way that Game of Thrones has ended is incomplete and disappointed. And again, I am not the most ardent fan. I'm someone who jumped on this thing late. And even I'm like, damn, y'all are. It, It could have been a lot better. I and, and I'm still trying to figure out. I'm sure that with production costs, they didn't go back and redo this. But people were so offended about John and his wolf that Ghost didn't get any love after the Battle of Winterfell, and then they give it. You, I there's part of me that feels like they were just like, just shut these people up. Let's have Ghost and John reunite, and then he can head out. I don't know if they they planned on the symbolism of, to me, the symbolism of John walking out of the watch with all of the free people was reminiscent of the Night King to me. I, I'd have to look at it shot by shot and see what that, that looks like, but that's what it kind of felt like to me. Like when the Night King was on the march at the end of Season 7, it felt that way. And good for John. You know, his watch is over and now he can go be free and be in the snow because he likes all that stuff. And it's it's okay to be disappointed. Let me just end with this. It's okay for you to, to, to be upset about this. I know there's gonna be a lot of pushback, and there are gonna be people that say, Well, didn't you enjoy the 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 ride? Yeah, I I did until it came to a screeching halt. In season eight, I enjoyed the ride until they got ridiculous and couldn't handle what these storylines look like after George R.R. Martin was was done writing. They couldn't wait. They made the the public fan of Game of Thrones wait 18 months for that. 
That's insane. 18 months. And then you end up with a, a great big <laughs> as your prize. It'll be studied. I promise you. As new people go through the the filmmaking, television making process, they will study all the things that happen between the end of season seven and the way season eight of Game of Thrones played out. And they will try desperately to not make those mistakes. Because they made a lot of them. It's a great show. It'll it'll go down in the pantheon of great shows. But it'll have an asterisk by it. Because everyone will be like, man, that show was so great. Until the end. And then it wasn't so great. You might you may have liked last night's episode, and, and overall, I was like, okay, it's it's whatever, but it'll still be in the back of your mind. No one will be able to convince me that it was great, or that the season itself was great. There were great moments, but and that's that's what you'll end up with. It'll be incomplete. I'll give you a perfect example. Of a show that I loved, and since we're in my geek, of a show that I loved, I loved the the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. I thought it was a gorgeous show to watch. I thought it was its allegorical connection to post 9-11 America, I thought was tremendous and well thought out. The way that they landed the, the plane on that one was disappointing. And if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan, the whole, like, is Kara Thrace real? At the end, you're like, what? It was disappointing. And I still love that show. And the whole season wasn't disappointing, but the finale we just kind of left you scratching your head a little bit. And they were dealing with some existential issues that, that they dealt with throughout the entirety of the whole franchise. But... It was still kind of like, really? Really? And that's how I feel like Game of Thrones is. We're all just stuck here going, really? That's what you came up with? Okay, cool. I don't imagine I'll be talking about Game of Thrones ever again on the podcast unless there's some sort of thing that happens. I guess they, if you wanted, they could set up a Game of Thrones 10 years later type deal because Tyrion was talking about how he'll see Jon Snow again. But I doubt that'll be it. It was fun. I'm glad that I jumped on and was a part of this phenomenon. I just wish it would have ended better. I wish that for people who are more ardent fans of the franchise than I am. I wish you could have gotten the same end from this as most people got from Avengers Endgame. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want to hit me up and talk about it, at Lawrence W. Holmes on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, wow. Just not great.